Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Welcome to the show. I have to start by telling you, one of my champions, Justin Dart. Justin Dart, who passed away, although I am still very close to Yoshiko Dart, who I love. But Justin said to the disability community, vote as if your life depends upon it, because it does. He also said, if you don't vote, you don't count. All right, all you people with disabilities out there, this is it. This is election day in the United States. We know that it impacts us directly. I'm telling you now, if you haven't voted, get out and vote. It will impact your life. You've got to get out. You've got to vote. You've got to vote. And listen to my show last week with Valerie Jarrett and Tony Quello talking about the Affordable Care Act and how, if, like me, you're a child with pre-existing conditions, you would not be covered if it would be repealed. Folks, this impacts us, people with disabilities. Get out and vote and listen to me. If you know of anyone with a disability that can't get there because of a mobility issue, you call and get them a ride. If you know someone that just, oh, I don't know if I want to stand in a line, you get them a chair. You do your part. Get everyone to vote, of course, especially you. And you know, would it not be that one of my most favorite people in the whole world would be on my show on this very, very important day in America. In addition to it being Election Day, the entire month of November is Epilepsy Month. And what a thrill it is for me on this day to have as my guest our new Superstar Dynamic CEO, Phil Gatone, welcome to the show. Thank you, Joyce. Vote, vote, vote. <laughs> <laughs> I hope everybody votes today. What an important day. And, and thank you for raising awareness of, of uh, the importance of voting, uh, just as Justin Dart had said and just as Tony Quello and, and Valerie Jarrett have said. You've been saying for a long time, you know, we, we have a voice and we need to use it. What better way to use it than through our vote? That's right. And by the way, if you live in Pennsylvania, 
Um, I, we've received calls of people coming up to voters saying, if you do not have your ID, you cannot vote. That's not true. You do not need your ID to vote. If anyone says that to you, you tell them you're going to call the Attorney General or the Voting Commission in Pennsylvania. You have the right to vote. Don't need voter ID unless you're a first-time voter. Well, Phil, we have such a day here in the United States, and as you said, it does impact all of us with disabilities, but it is Epilepsy Month, National Epilepsy Month, and here we are with you, our new CEO, and for those of you that do not know Phil, I've known him a long time, so here's what I have to tell you. He is the real deal, and he knows epilepsy. And actually, Phil, I'm going to start with you telling our listeners that maybe do not know you uh, but want to know you how you became involved in the epilepsy community. Well, Joyce, I, I got involved, as many of us do, as a volunteer, uh, which is such a wonderful way to become involved in the Epilepsy Foundation and, and in any charitable cause. Um, I... Uh, became involved because my son has epilepsy. My wife and I uh, found our son in his bedroom when he was four years old having a seizure. It was four in the morning. And we, um, we actually went in to check on his brother. He was sharing a room with his brother, and we went to check in on Michael, who was two at the time. And we found Philip on the floor having a seizure, and he was blue around his mouth, and he, his eyes were open, and he was having a seizure, and I just didn't know anything really about epilepsy at the time. And so we called 911 and had them uh, come and, and help us uh, and help Philip. And he ended up, his seizure lasted a long time. Most seizures last just a few minutes, and the seizure ends very naturally. But it's uh, in some cases it can last a long time, which it did for Phil. And we ended up in the hospital with him, and he ended up going down that road of being real brave and we ended up as parents going down the road of trying to learn more about epilepsy and about how to help. Wow. You know, you have something in common with my husband, Phil, because I have epilepsy and the first time he saw me when I was having a seizure, very similar to what you described, he thought I was having a heart attack. And, and really, if you're not familiar with this, you really don't know the, frequently the first time the person does have a seizure. Uh, one of the reasons, by the way, that if you have any questions, you could go to our national website, epilepsyfoundation.org, and get information to understand this. But just as Phil mentioned, he's been involved for a long time. He actually was the CEO uh, or, or executive director of the affiliate in Chicago. Um, and, you know, what a great day. Who would ever know it? Years ago, I believe no one would have believed it. They would not believe that an affiliate executive director could one day be the CEO of the national office. And here he is, and what a great thing I believe it is to bring unity to the organization. So, Phil, what is it like being the new CEO? 
Well, it's the honor of my life, uh, my professional life, and, and to move from an affiliate director to being uh, now the uh, leading our national effort, it's really quite an honor because you, I understand, having worked at uh, a local community epilepsy foundation, the work that goes on day-to-day uh, with the staff, the volunteers, uh, the board at a, at a community level. And it's, it's such wonderful work, and it's so meaningful. We have 48 affiliates around the country, and each of those executive directors wake up in the morning and spend their day thinking about how they can help improve and, and empower people with epilepsy every day. And their staffs do the same thing, and their boards of directors do the same thing. So to be able to serve in this capacity where I get to actually support our local community leaders uh, is really quite a treat. And it's, uh, it's really a, a change for me because, um, you know, it's, it's really thinking strategically about how we can make some systemic changes that will really help make an impact across the country. And I, but it really boils down to, Joyce, that anything we do in leadership, whether it's in our own business, in our own lives, in in a, in a sense of uh, working at a at a charity, you know, it all boils down to: Are we making an impact in the lives of those we serve? And when I look around the country and I see everything from the work that's being done in in California all the way across the the country to Florida and the Carolinas and and on the East Coast and everywhere in between. There are communities that are really being impacted and people with epilepsy are really being helped and supported through the mission and the work of the Epilepsy Foundation. So I'm honored to serve in this role. And I do want to say, just as an aside, <laughs> that we have a, um, a group of our leaders across the community in the northeast part of the United States who have been uh, really impacted by Hurricane Sandy and uh, just as every other organization is trying to figure out a way to recover and, and move forward with achieving their mission, our affiliates in the Northeast are working very hard to ensure that people with epilepsy are able to continue to get their medication, continue to get the services that they need, despite all of this uh, very uh, unusual, difficult circumstance that they find themselves in. And one of the ways that we're able to help at the national office is uh, we have a special fund set up uh, that was set up 20 years ago and continues to be in use today, specifically for these types of situations. When Hurricane Katrina came by uh, in New Orleans uh, and the, hit the South States, we were able to support them there, and we have a fund now. So anybody listening to this show, uh, if you have difficulty reaching your affiliate leader, you can call our national office, and we will be able to help you uh, in in a very specific way. If you have difficulty affording your medication right now because of the uh, because of the hurricane, you can call us up, and we can we have a fund that can help you cover the cost of your medications uh, until such time as your local affiliate is able to get up and running and, and help you uh, locally. You know, Phil, I'm so glad you brought that up because although we all extended our sympathies, prayers, thoughts last week, folks, you know, it's not like it goes away. Really, the devastation and hard part is just starting. 
trying to rebuild, trying to have uh, a place to live. You know, I mean, it's terrible. Um, and, Phil, you know what? I did think about that. I thought, oh, my goodness, just think if you have epilepsy and you were, you know, without power, or couldn't get out anywhere and still can't, and you do not have your medication. Well, we're talking about onset of seizures that could be terrible if they kept going on. I did wonder about that. So you're saying if someone is listening to the show now and somehow is somewhere where they can hear the show, um, that you can get the medicine if they don't have medicine? We can, absolutely. If they call our, our uh, information line at 800 800- Three three two one thousand. We have a, um, a fund that can help uh, support them. What we can do is get them a, a, a supply of medication so that they can, you know, uh, kind of uh, bridge the gap between now and the time they can get back to where they need to go, either through their local affiliate or through their their local pharmacy. Uh, so we can. We're honored to be able to provide that. Yeah, because you, do you know what I mean when I'm saying that, Phil? Oh, absolutely. In fact, I remember the day it happened. The day it happened, you called me up and said, Phil, (laughs) we we have to make sure that we're thinking about people in need. And that's that's what you've done your whole life, Joyce. And I wasn't surprised at all when you, you know, you were leading that effort to say we have to think about our our affiliates and people with epilepsy in those communities. We need to make sure that they have medicine because what if they don't have access to what they typically would have access to. So we're, we're proud to be able to, uh, to be able to provide that. And that was a fund called the Pond Fund. It was set up uh, years ago by leaders in the Epilepsy Foundation for this very purpose. You know, <clears throat> so if you're listening to the show and if you know someone, please make sure that you do something about it. Please make sure because we want to help anyone and everyone that is in need. And that's the great thing about the Epilepsy Foundation, is that we're really here for everyone. And, Phil, I know that you have quite a challenge, but I, for one, believe you're the one that's going to make it happen Mm -hmm. for a very long time. Since I've been on the board, as a matter of fact, I've always felt, oh, this isn't good when you say, Epilepsy Foundation, National, and then the affiliates. You know, as if we're like two organizations. Mm -hmm. And I believe you're the one that is going to be able to change that. And I know you have that vision. Could you talk about that for a few minutes? Well, sure. I think one of the most important things uh, we can do is to help people who want to make an impact do so right in their own communities, and nationwide. Uh, so we're able to, in a very exciting way, help, uh, help people with epilepsy in a way that we've never been able to do before. We got together as an organization in February under the leadership of Tony Coelho uh, when he was serving in this position as an interim. He's been a longtime board leader and stepped in as our interim CEO uh, in a great time of need and was able to bring all of our affiliates together. And we, we developed a vision for how we can work together to make the biggest impact possible. And that means uh, in some very key critical areas, meaning um, 
everything from how we use technology, how we use our brand, how we use our core programs and services to make a difference, how we build revenue together, how we act internally as an organization, as one organization. And it works so beautifully. We, we have been aligned now in a way that we've never been, and, and it's exciting to see. And it's really translated out into the community. Uh, in fact, we uh, have had such a good uh, uh, perception in the last six months that we were approached by another leader uh, out in the epilepsy community, uh, Warren Lambert, who is the leader of the Epilepsy Therapy Project and Epilepsy.com. And they and their board have decided that they would like to merge with our organization because they see the impact that we can make through our 48 affiliates and through our national office working together. So it's really translated into new partnerships and uh, new impact points for people with epilepsy. So we're, we're really excited about um, being able to do things together. And here's an example. We're going to put together a public awareness campaign for epilepsy that will be consistent nationwide. We'll be sending the message nationwide. But we're going to, in each of the public service announcements, have a reference at the end of the public service announcement that will allow people to connect to their local community affiliate. And that's something that's very important. So we'll be sending the same message across the country, but we'll be referring people locally to their, to their uh, local office, which is very important because that's where people really want to get involved and that's where people really want those to, to uh, receive those services is locally. Oh, and that is so wonderful. You know what? I think we have a caller on the line. Um, Ken from Maryland, are you on the line? How are you? Good. How about you, Ken? I'm great. And Thank I just wanted you for to call. calling. I think you have a question and a comment for Phil. I have a question, actually, for both of you. Um, my comment first is that uh, this is National Epilepsy Awareness Month, and I wanted to talk about the um, epilepsy and awareness and stigma and what it means to, to end stigma. And I wanted to ask it from both of your perspectives, you, Joyce, as a woman living with epilepsy, and you, Phil, as a parent of a child with epilepsy, if you could both sort of reflect on what epilepsy awareness and what ending stigma would mean from both of your perspectives. Okay, well, I'm going to let Phil go first. But, Ken, thank you for calling because you are, in my opinion, a national champion. You've been committed to this forever. So, um, you know, thank you so much. Okay, Phil, I'll let you go first. Well, my, my thought is, I mean, a world without stigma is really a world of opportunity. Uh, to me, it means that people with epilepsy, and more broadly, people with disabilities, would be able to have an opportunity to achieve the American dream. And for me, uh, it, it involves everything from participation in school uh, as a child. It means participation in the workforce as an adult with epilepsy uh, or an adult with dis- a disability. It means participation in all of the, the social activities that we all enjoy in life. And uh, that's what it would mean to me if we had a world without stigma and I have to say that uh, the education efforts that are taking place not only within the Epilepsy Foundation but within the general and larger disability community have proven to be very successful in eliminating and reducing and eliminating stigma. Uh, right now, when, when, uh, when I 
encounter somebody who may have a disability, may have epilepsy, I look at the person for what they can do and who they are, and I think more and more Americans are seeing things that way. It's so important. Yes, we have a lot of work to do, but I feel like we've we've made some great strides, really due in large part to people who have been involved in the disability uh, effort for, for many years. Well, Ken, let me tell you what. I have in my drawer right here all of these pins that I have still some left that say talk about it. So let me tell you, I want to talk first about the stigma. I tell parents of children living with epilepsy that when you say to them, shh, don't tell anyone, you're really saying, shh, there's something wrong with you. What would be the reason you would tell them don't tell anyone? And until we get to the place where we can talk about it and where it isn't some secret, um, I don't see us changing anything. I know there are people uh, that know me and in, in, uh, very well related to me, and when they talk about me, they never use that word epilepsy. You know, there is this stigma that epilepsy is strange, dark, bad, weird, I don't want to be around this. And for that reason, I can't begin to tell you how many, how many times I go speak someplace. And I'll be speaking, even at a corporation, and I'll say, well, you know, I'm a woman living with epilepsy, and all of a sudden this person speaks up, well, you know, I've had that for like 10 years. In the meantime, all, all of this person's other coworkers just turn around and stare, meaning they never knew that person had epilepsy. But it wasn't until they heard someone else talk about it. And you know who had that impact on me? Tony Quello. Yeah. Tony Quello had that impact on me. Because Tony, when I first met him, I said, oh, yes, I have this seizure disorder. He said, you mean epilepsy. And do you know why I called it a seizure disorder? Because the neurosurgeon, and I love him because when I had brain surgery, this is who saved my life. But when I went to visit for the first time after like a few months, he said to me, I said, well, gee, I never thought I'd have epilepsy or that I had epilepsy. And he said, you don't have epilepsy. You have a seizure disorder. And believe it or not, he, I thought these things were different. Oh, okay, I don't have epilepsy, I have a seizure disorder. And, of course, it was Tony that quickly straightened me out. Um, I mean, really, everyone, come on. Seizure disorder, epilepsy, they're the same thing. If you have more than one seizure, you have epilepsy. Uh, but to answer, again, your question, Ken, we do have to talk about it. We do have to educate. Uh, but it isn't until you see people out there like Tony or Alan Fanica, you know, saying, or Jason Snelling, whoever it is, hey, I have epilepsy, look at me, I'm successful, you know, it's not stopping me. Just the other day, I was, yesterday as a matter of fact, I was on my way to a business meeting, and actually, Phil, Mark Periello, the CEO mm -hmm. of AAPD, was here visiting. And as I'm walking, I said, hold on, and, you know, he didn't know what was wrong, and Mary said, oh, wait a minute, and I went off to the side because when I have seizure activity, I have this strange dry heaving, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. he said, what's wrong, what's wrong? 
And I came back. I said, okay, I'm fine now. <laughs> he said, yep, yep. What do you mean you're fine now? I said, I'm fine now. Now, I realize, please, everyone know that I know this is different for everyone. I know there are children that have hundreds of seizures a day. I know that there's a spectrum in epilepsy. But my point is, this is just part of who I am, period. So, Ken, I hope that long-winded explanation answered your question. It did. It did very well. And I just want to thank you both very much for your leadership and for helping bring the epilepsy community to a whole new level. I think there's a whole new opportunity here as we move forward to really change the paradigm with epilepsy awareness and epilepsy support, and I'm just really excited to see that happening. So thank you both. You're welcome. Thanks, Ken. And we do need to change it, don't we? Absolutely. See, you're our leaders. You're going to help us change that, Phil. (laughs) Absolutely, so Joyce. Speaking of leader, and you know what? I have heard this talked about so many times at not-for-profits when they talk about bringing in a new CEO uh, or a new leader into the organization. Your opinion, Phil, of leadership, what do you believe makes a good leader? Well, I think it's, um, it's a great question, and I have to say that, um, you know, there are several characteristics that I've, I've learned about uh, from other leaders in, in you know, in not, not-for-profit leadership and also just in life in general. But one of the, there, there's kind of a short list that I look at when I think about leadership, but maybe the most important thing for me uh, as a leader is, is vision, having a vision for what can be and really sticking with that vision. Um, oftentimes, you know, if you don't have a vision, you find that organizations flounder, you don't really get where you want to go, and you can't take people where, where they want to go if, if there's no vision. So vision is really important. I think passion and compassion, both, they're two different things, but they're both equally important. I think, you know, passion for me means in some ways kind of just being I just am obsessed with this. I just really want to make a difference in the, in the epilepsy community for families. Uh, but I also feel like a good leader has a sense of compassion, not sympathy, not pity, but compassion, uh, empathy, the ability to understand someone's situation. Because sometimes, you know, when you uh, – I read the book. I don't know if you're familiar with this book called No Pity, uh, Joyce, yes, but it's a, yes. it's a great book. It's a book that says, you know, look, we, you know, it's good to understand what someone's situation is, but people with disabilities don't want people to feel sorry for them. They want people to give them an opportunity and, and, and to allow them to, to be part, to take part in society. And, and that's all they want is an equal shot. And that's what they deserve. That's what we all deserve. So for me, it's about compassion and then I also think maybe one of the greatest characteristics that, uh, that I found to be uh, indicative of a good leader and the leaders that I respect greatly is persistence. I feel like good leaders are really persistent, and they never give up. They, they stay true to what they want to do and what they want to accomplish until it's done, and they see it through, uh, and they don't get distracted. And there's so many things that can distract us in our life as leaders, and just to stay true to what you want to do. If you have a strategic goal, stay focused on that strategic goal. Don't get distracted. And, and those, those, that's kind of a short list for me that I hold close 
every day as I go through the day, and it's really born from learning from other people and seeing how they've really made a difference in the lives of, of other people. So I agree with you 100%. That book, by the way, that Phil is talking about, No Pity, everyone should read it. I'm going to tell you why. Many people do not know the history of the disability community, and that book gives you a very good history in addition to the theme of don't feel sorry for us, don't treat us inferior, don't pity us. As Phil said, nothing wrong with helping or being having compassion. That's not the same as I feel sorry for you. You know, I have compassion, and all these people with epilepsy, parents of children with hundreds of seizures a day, and people that are being pitied. That's one of the things I'm trying to stop when I do this volunteer work with young people with disabilities. Uh, you know, I agree with you so much, and that part about being persistent. When I first began my career in Pittsburgh working for these two uh, businessmen, they owned a consulting company. And, and at that time in my life, I was in executive search. No vendor consulting. Actually, I had not had my accident yet. Uh, because I started in 79, I had my almost fatal accident as a result of a misdiagnosis of epilepsy in 1985. And the story I'm talking about is one day I was with the president of this consulting company, and he said to me, you know, Joyce, we're so successful now, but we almost went out of business. Mm. I said, no kidding. Why is that? He said, well... We weren't getting this new business in, so the two of us, because he had a partner that was the executive vice president, the two of us sat down and we said, you know, it isn't going to happen. We should just close the door. And that very afternoon, they received a call from the county here in Pittsburgh, and they received this contract and all of a sudden, no, we're not going to close the door. And, of course, the company took off from them. And he said to me, always remember, success could be right around the corner. And, you know, I'm sure you've heard that saying before, but it is so true. You can't give up because, you know, what do you know is, is right there waiting that could happen. Um, and, and, it, it, and it's hard, but you have to be persistent. You know, you can't give up. Uh, salesmanship starts when the customer says no. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And so, that's know, been indicative get, you... of, of, of people, you know, throughout our, our movement. Uh, Justin Dart was an example of that. Uh, Lester Pritchard was a personal f- friend of mine who, who exemplified that every day of his life. And, you know, we have leaders right now in our country who are, who are exemplifying that on a daily basis, and it's the inspiration for me to make sure that I that I stay true to my convictions and that I lead the way that that would honor honor them. Yes, well, and I know you are, and you will. Well, Phil, I wanted to take time here in the show. Um, I was so really honored to be at the unveiling of this IOM report for the first time ever, you know, with epilepsy. Um, and, and I think there were some really startling findings from this, but I wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about that. Well, 
this is an amazing time for epilepsy, and there are people who have been waiting for this kind of a report for decades. And March 30th, the Institute of Medicine released a report that was really completed at the insistence and persistence of organizations involved in epilepsy in the disability community. So we're really fortunate that we have so many partners who came together. They formed a coalition called Vision 2020 under the leadership of our great partner, the American Epilepsy Society, and Sue Berry and her team continue to do amazing work. There are partners in research. There are partners in advocacy and professional education. And they, along with many, many organizations, came together to insist that the Institute of Medicine create some guidelines and and recommendations to move forward in the epilepsy movement, and they did so. And March 30th, the report came out. It was about a little over 400 pages of (laughs) easy reading, but they came through with 13 recommendations. And in general, without going through all the 13 recommendations, the big overarching themes of the report noted that we need to close what they termed a data gap and prevent epilepsy. Uh, We still don't have as good an indicator on the surveillance side of how many people actually have epilepsy. We know that it's at least least 2.2 million, but in many, many other research studies, it's indicating that it's over 3 million. So they said we need to immediately and with a sense of urgency get to the point where we know exactly how many people have epilepsy. We know it's somewhere between 2.2 and 3.5 million Americans have epilepsy right now, and they did identify that 1 in 26 Americans will develop epilepsy at some point in their lifetime, 1 in 26. So we need to close that data gap and make sure that we understand how many people have epilepsy and then work to better understand the risk factors, such as traumatic brain injury or stroke or brain infections, and if we can identify those risk factors and then work with our partners at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, who have been partners of ours for, gosh, over a decade now, to help us um, create public health messages and screenings that can help prevent epilepsy, that's going to be a tremendous help uh, to our country and to people with seizure disorders. The second overarching theme of the Institute of Medicine report really has to do with the healthcare industry and our community services. And they have broad ranging recommendations that talk about how we need to improve healthcare and community services. And I have to say that, you know, we've, we've been the beneficiary of great support from, uh, both, both from President Obama and from uh, our government partners, uh, the Centers for Disease Control and the Health Resources and Services Administration, in improving the lives of people with epilepsy and improving the health care opportunities for people uh, with epilepsy. And they gave us a strong charge to say that we need to coordinate our services and our care um, along the lines of, of therapies, along the lines of um, access to care so people can see a doctor and get the best care possible. Uh, and at the Epilepsy Foundation, we have clinics set up around the, the country that where we facilitate 
a meeting between a patient and a doctor. We don't do the clinical care, but we help get people to good cl- clinical care, regardless of their ability to pay. And that's and, and you cr- know, excuse me, Phil. Sure. I just want to interrupt you one minute because you have another caller, and I don't want to lose this caller. Um, I think my engineer told me we have a Greg on the phone. <laughs> oh, you have a Greg on the phone. <laughs> Hello. Is this Greg Grumberg? I, yes, I wanted to say, Greg we Grumberg. are, like, we're really moving up in stature now when we have... TV star Greg Grumberg, who, by the way, is a man that has given back so much to people with epilepsy and impacted the lives of so many people, regardless of the fact that he is so famous. Greg, thank you for calling in, and I'm sure you want to talk to Phil. I want to talk to you, too, Joyce. I, uh, as you know, I love you. You know that, right? I mean, let's, let's just get that out right now. Um, <laughs> yes, my, my son, you know, has epilepsy. If, if for people that don't know, um, Jake started having seizures when he was seven, and um, he's had every kind imaginable. We've been through, you know, we've been to hell and back. Um, and he's 16 now, and he's a, you know, a normal pain-in-the-ass 16-year-old boy, which is great, high schooler. And it's because of the help of people like you, Joyce, and, and especially Phil, um, you know, Phil, Phil and I connected uh, years and years ago, and Phil became a mentor um, to me and a savior, really, at times when I was absolutely losing my mind, as, as do all caregivers, parents, friends, relatives, you know, husbands, wives, when we feel we're so alone. And you're sitting, me in my case, I'm holding Jake while he's having a seizure, and I'm like, when is this going to stop? I, I, I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel anymore. And I don't know if I'm at the right place getting the right care. And I meet you, Joyce, at, at a, an event, and I'm just trying to do something, you know, to, to be proactive instead of a victim of this and, you know, try and lend my voice and my name and to awareness. And then I, I meet Phil, who has basically had gone through many of the same things that I was going through as a parent, as a father of a child. And I see Philip, his son, who's this strapping, successful, you know, has gone through it. He's had brain surgery and he's doing so well in his life. And you can't tell he, he has epilepsy at all. And that's where I want my son to be. And it just, it would suddenly that light came on again. I was like, wow, okay, this is, and then, and then I, 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 of course, tackled Phil, got his phone number and we have become incredibly close friends. But that's what this community in my mind needs more of, which is, for people to share their stories, share their experiences. That's why I started talkaboutit.org, um, and, and that's why I started rambling about five minutes ago. I really appreciate you having me on the show. Just to do one thing, and that is just thank both of you for, for what you guys do for, for epilepsy and everybody that is affected by it. Well, Phil, thank you, Greg. Phil, thank you, Greg. you want to say something there? Yeah, I just want to say that, you know, uh, there are givers in this world, and Greg is a giver. He's a person who's given his time. He's given his talent. He's brought his friends, his Hollywood friends, in. Uh, and, and he's been one of those people, Joyce, when we talk about leaders and persistence. He's not given up. Jake's not given up. And, you know, Jake is still fighting epilepsy. He's doing a lot better right now, but he's still fighting. Philip's still fighting. And yeah. it's people like Greg who are who are making a difference 
in a in a broad uh, a broad sense of of raising awareness epilepsy awareness, but also in a very personal way. You know, Greg is talking to family members, other parents, other adults with epilepsy. You know, he never says no. If if somebody needs something, he's there for them. And you know, along with uh, Ken Lowenberg and the work that Ken's done. Uh, he is Greg has led a whole new avenue of uh, awareness for epilepsy. We need Hollywood. We need Greg. We need his friends to be able to really make a difference and reduce stigma and eliminate stigma. I, I'm so thrilled to know him. I count him as a, as a great friend, and I feel like together, especially in the coming months, we're going to do something so special that I don't think anybody's really ever seen anything like this before. It's, uh, we have a new opportunity to partner uh, in leadership right now, and we're going to take full advantage of it. Absolutely. Well, this, is a time, this, this is a time when the entire epilepsy community is really coming together for one reason, and that is to find a cure and to mm-hmm. encourage and teach people how they can live well with epilepsy and that there's, you, know, you never stop fighting. One seizure... Is, is way too many. Um, I didn't know anything about what an epileptologist was, that there are specialists out there and that you have to seek their help. Even if you are, you know, if you're like, well, I'm sort of under control, there's no such thing. It's, it's not acceptable to have one seizure a month, a week, a day. It's, it's something that you should, you know, that I know now, this is what I tell people. They, I say, how's your son doing? And, and someone will say to me, well, he's only having one seizure a week, and I'm like, well, then you've got to get to a, you got to get a second opinion. You got to get to a specialist, and if, if it's a child, you got to get to a pediatric epileptologist and try different things, combinations of medicines or therapies. But you know, with the help of like Phil mentioned, uh, Ken Lowenberg, who has been my partner, my brother in this in this whole advocacy and and um, uh, awareness campaign. You know, when I started talkaboutit.org, I had one. Um, goal, and that was just to get the word out to people affected by epilepsy or not, so that it's not a shame. No one should be ashamed to talk about epilepsy. They should be ashamed to talk about anything, but you see what Michael J. Fox did, you know, for his cause. For me, that's what epilepsy is, and it's even more, even more of a stigma because, you know, we, people are afraid to talk about it. Even when you say encourage them to talk about it, it's so scary to see someone have a seizure. Not when I partner with Lamborghini or I partner with, you know, this great game. We're partnering. We're just about to partner with a video, with a a social game for your smartphone called Candy Crush. These guys are going to be giving a ton of money to the Epilepsy Foundation for every download of their free game. Um, my, My app, Yowza, I created an app, Yowza. We're working on a way for that retailers can list their coupons um, on Yowza for free just by going to getyowza.com. And if it goes through the foundation, if we can somehow, you know, we're working on a program so that we can support the foundation that way. For these companies that have nothing to do with epilepsy to be associated with epilepsy, then there's no stigma, you know. And for Hollywood, for, for me to get my friends that are affected to not be afraid to talk about it like I am, no one has to preach about it like I do, but you know, it's, it's time that we stop worrying about what other people think and we start taking care of ourselves and supporting everyone in this community. And I've gotten more than my share of support and I'm trying to give back. And, and with, the, with the foundation's help and, you know, with uh, opportunities just like this on your show, Joyce, we're making it happen. 
Well, you heard it from Greg Rumberg, and I guess he's the epitome of pay it forward. And, Greg, you will be happy to know that when Ken called earlier and asked us what you need to do to stop stigma, I said, I have these pins in my desk here that say talk about it. And Greg is right on. As I said earlier, when you keep it a secret, you're saying there's something wrong. You have to talk about it. And, by the way, that did originate and start with Greg Grumberg. Greg. You are awesome. I cannot thank oh, you thank enough you. for calling in. Love you, buddy. My pleasure. Thank you. Lo- I love you I love too, you Greg. Yeah, and and uh, I will. I'm sure talk to you both very soon. Keep up the great work, everybody. Thank, thank you. you. Thank love you, Greg. you. You too. Bye bye. What an awesome person. Now, now you know. Can you believe this? TV star, Hollywood star, and he takes time to call in. Phil, that is because of your leadership. Uh, well, I have to tell you, Joyce, uh, there are so many people out there who are are really passionate about this mission, and they're coming together right now, you know, to to really make a, a new difference. And, and I think that it's our turn, quite frankly. I, I really feel like, you know, when you think about uh, the these very, very critically important conditions, you mentioned one of them with Parkinson's disease, you know, stroke and Alzheimer's are more prevalent than epilepsy, and then epilepsy is the third leading uh, disorder after stroke and Alzheimer's disease, and it affects 50 million people worldwide. It's it's a very important condition that requires all of us to, to take part and join the fight, uh, and and that's what's really happening right now. So it's really fun to be to be part of this. Well, I have to say, Ken Lowenberg is also awesome <laughs> because. He has also helped bridge this gap, and he is all he's so excited to be helping us and that is also because of you and your leadership phil well, so thank you. Phil, guess what we're not going to get through all of our questions, and you know what? I did not take a break because I just had a feeling that this was <laughs> going to happen um, but I do want to jump down to a few things because I see I'm going to have to have you back on to talk about a few of these other things. Uh, but since there's only 10 minutes left in the show, how about if we move down to talking about the walk? Sure. Sure. When, well, is, it, when is it and how does everyone participate? Well, the walk, this, this ne- our next walk, our national walk, is going to be Saturday, April 20th. 2013. Saturday, so the April date. 20th. Yeah, save the date. Saturday, April 20th. And what's so exciting, you're going to want to be in D.C. at that time for so many reasons. There's so many reasons to come to D.C. that weekend. We are going to have our Public Policy Institute, our kids speak up, where we're going to be uh, bringing our families together, and we're going to go up to the Hill and advocate uh, for uh, better treatment for people with epilepsy. And we're also going to have a major research summit, uh, a Curing Epilepsy Conference here in Washington, D.C. that same weekend. Uh, the American Epilepsy Society Board of Directors will meet, and we're going to have our walk all on the same, same uh, weekend. So Saturday, April 20th, 2013. And if you want more information about the walk, all you have to do is go to epilepsyfoundation.org, just go to our homepage, and click on Get Involved. So if you find our homepage uh, and just click on the Get Involved tab, 
you'll see how to get involved in the walk. So save the date, April 20th, and look forward to seeing everybody there. What a great opportunity it is for us to make a statement as a community, a nationwide community, saying epilepsy is important and it does deserve our attention. It does deserve the support, uh, and, and we do need to come together. It's, just, it's a highlight of the year when you see the streets of Washington filled with people who are passionate about epilepsy and our mission. It's a really wonderful thing to see. May I say this? It is thrilling. It is thrilling. There you are in, the, in our great capital, seeing the monument, the Washington Monument, seeing the capital. Uh, I mean, it's just everything about it is so awe-inspiring. But here's what is the most awe-inspiring, seeing all those people. How many people do you anticipate, Phil? Oh gosh, we'll be we'll be close to ten thousand people this year. Wow, won't yeah, that be great? Yeah, we okay, have six hundred and fifty so teams. We're looking to get a thousand teams this year. Okay, so here you are. I mean, I know when I've been there, um, when I see those thousands of people with epilepsy or supporting someone with epilepsy, but people with epilepsy that are not ashamed, that are proud, they're proud to be there. And by the way, Greg Grumberg has been to this walk um, more than one time and so exciting to see him there. But, you know, when you see all these people, hey, I have epilepsy, I'm not ashamed, I'm in this thing. It's thrilling. It really Absolutely. is thrilling. So like, if you have epilepsy or you know someone, you have to tell them about this walk. As Phil said, go to epilepsyfoundation.org and find out about the national walk. You will not be disappointed. And uh, while we're on that subject, I know we are in the month of gratitude, Thanksgiving, um, and so... I encourage any of you listening to make a contribution. I don't care how small, everything counts. Phil, if one of the listeners does want to contribute, how do they do that? If they just go to epilepsyfoundation.org, uh, that will, they will be able to find um, uh, on the uh, donate button, they can, they can click donate and make a contribution. And what we'll do is anybody who gives a contribution today from today's show, if they indicate in their note that they listen to your show, we will make sure that we contribute uh, a share back to their local affiliate as well so that they can make an impact both nationally and locally. So if they click on our homepage, go to epilepsyfoundation.org, and they click, there's a, a big tab that says Give. If they click on Give, they can make a contribution there, and we'll make sure that we share that contribution with uh, with their community right in their local in their local community. Now, I hope you listen to this, and I know a lot of you are running around, and we do want you to vote. But could you try to remember uh, about letting them know how you heard this? Could you try to do that? Because we did this once with another organization. We had this big spike in giving, but everyone forgot to do. Uh, oh, by the way, this is how I heard about it. So try to remember to do that. But even if you don't, just give. That's the key, give. It will help make a difference in the life of a child or an adult living with epilepsy. 
So, Phil, you have already accomplished so much in your life, but if you right now had to tell everyone what was your greatest accomplishment in your young life so far, <laughs> what would you say? Oh, gosh. Um, my greatest accomplishment by far was getting my wife to marry me. That was my greatest accomplishment for, for me to be able to get my wife to to actually be willing to spend the rest of her life with me. That's really unbelievable. But I, that's on a personal level. But on, a, on another level, I'll just say that I think the greatest accomplishment for me was to learn that leadership is part of a ratio that is related to service. The more you're willing to serve others, this is my something that I learned, and I feel really fortunate to have learned this. The attitude of service, when you really care about serving other people, other people will allow you to take on responsibility to do so. And for me, I've been able to accomplish uh, some some uh, opportunities to lead, but it's been a direct result of somebody willing to allow me to serve. And so I'm just so thankful for the people I know and who have given me those opportunities. I feel like that's that's been my, my greatest accomplishment is learning how to serve. What a great accomplishment. Uh, that's just who you are, though, Phil. And a great leader does serve. And I want to say one other thing. You mentioned your wife, Jill. She, too, is awesome. If any of you would meet her, she is also on this campaign, and she's just, uh, all I can say is she's just, hey, she's the first lady of the Epilepsy Foundation, <laughs> Phil. <laughs> oh, man, don't, uh, you know, Joyce, that's really going to go to her head. Yes, now, but... she is. She's the first lady of the Epilepsy Foundation. So there oh, you go, Jill. Well, All right. I'm not going to argue with you. (laughs) Well, she is. She's just wonderful, as is your son. um, And Phil, all of you just, you know, we're just so blessed to have you. And I just want to say one more time to all of you. If you don't know Phil, you should get to know him. He is just a dynamic person, great leader. Um, I know he's going to take us very far and we're just so fortunate to have him. And, Phil, do you want to uh, leave a message today for our listeners? Um, you know, I, I think that the message I'll, I'll leave, um, you know, there, there's going to be um, lots of things that I can say, but I'll just say this. There, there was a gentleman that I got a ch- had a chance to meet uh, through you, Joyce, and this gentleman, his name is Merrill Hodge. And Merrill was somebody that I really didn't fully understand the work that he did in his life. Uh, But as I've come to understand, these three words really stick with me. And so this is the message that I'll, I'll pass on to the listeners today. And that is find a way, find Mm -hmm. a way. And, Mm -hmm. and if you need help finding that way, the epilepsy foundation can help you. Uh, You can contact us and we'll, we'll make sure that you get the care you need, the help you need locally but just remember that there are people who believe in you and find a way. Oh, how true that is. Find a way. Well, I hope you all remember to vote. Find a way, by the way. Find a way to vote. Don't forget <laughs> that. Find a way to vote. 
Um, but I end every show with a quote from someone that has impacted the lives of people with disabilities, and in this case, it would be with epilepsy. So here it is. If you have epilepsy, do not be ashamed. Just talk about it, says Greg Grunberg. You have been listening to Joyce Bender, a woman living with epilepsy, on voiceamerica.com. Talk to you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.